Alright everybody, welcome. It is another episode of the Silver Emotion Podcast. My name is Will. My name is Steven. And uh, today it is time to face the music. <laughs> we are <laughs> kind of literally <laughs> once again uh, presenting a film that I dearly love. Yeah. And I'm a little I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> Uh, today we're watching, uh, we watched uh, 1968's Stanley Kubrick films, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah, it's a, another one of those blind spots for me. Blind I, spots for you, but also... been too long. It's also a, a movie that you're, uh, you're kind of uh, a little bit, uh, I don't know about scared of, but just... Uh, yeah, there's <coughs> a little trepidation on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. A little, uh, am I going to like this? Because it... Right. it it sounds like something that I would enjoy, and it sounds like something that I wouldn't enjoy at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's oh, it's interesting, weird, groundbreaking sci-fi, but also really long and slow-paced. Yeah. And I have a tendency to react negatively to that kind of stuff sometimes. But Yeah. But uh, I think it's, I thought it was a necessary viewing. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's definitely one of those things that was like I should watch this at some point. Yeah, just you to think see what you, it is. You think you would watch it? You would have just at some point. At watched some it? point, someday. I remember, <laughs> like, a while ago, trying to see if it was on Netflix. And I found it on Netflix, but there were like people in the reviews saying it was some kind of like edited down version or something that they like. There was I don't know many minutes cut out or whatever and. I was just like, oh, uh, I just didn't want to huh. dive into what the heck was going on with it at the time. But I don't know what that would be though, because this is the basically the only version that's been available. The original, like he premiered it at like twenty minutes longer than this, but I don't think okay. that version has ever been available beyond that original premiere. Okay, that's probably what they were talking about. Yeah. And I just kind of thought it was an actual, like, a shortened down edited version of the film or something. No, like, this version of the movie that we watched is the version of the movie. Like, oftentimes with movies made by auteurs, mm -hmm. they premiere them at a length and then edit them down. Like, like the new Tarantino movie just premiered at, at the Cannes Film Festival a few weeks ago or something. And, like, he's still editing the movie. Oh, okay. And so whenever it releases, I think it's it comes out in July this month. Whenever it comes out, it will probably be a different cut than what was premiered. Okay. And so I don't remember what the story is. I used to know, but it was something about Cooper had this cut, and then he watched it, like, with an audience, and then decided, like, oh, I need to shore some of this stuff up. Mm -hmm. And so it, it lost about 20 minutes, 19, I think I saw recently. Hmm. But yeah. I don't know that that footage has ever been released, or I never really hunted hunted it down or tr tried to track it down, so I don't know. Yeah. But okay. this is the, the version that, that exists. and What most people saw in theaters. Yeah, and yeah the, this is actually a more intact than, I think the, I don't know if the the, the overture and the, the end music where it plays the blue blue Danube over the the black after the credits. I don't know if that was on like the VHS version that I watched, but that's mm -hmm. how it 
was played in theaters so this is yeah a c- more correct version than okay than anything but uh so um i su- i suppose we could start at the beginning the movie is segmented off yeah that's kind um, of the four segments to it are there four i guess there are sort of i mean I kind of thought of it as three, but I actually kind of looked it up on Wikipedia afterwards, and they were kind of... There's got to be... They were yeah. considering that point, I think, at which, um, at the end where he sees the monolith and goes through the big yeah. psychedelic yeah. Well, that, thing. Yeah, that is a second... That that has a title, Ju- beyond, Jupiter and Beyond the Infinite, or whatever. Yeah, and like that was like the fourth part yeah. of it. And then... Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, so four parts. And I kind of, in a way, consider that to just be an extension of the third part. I mean, it is, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's also the only part that retains the same character. Right. And so it kind of feels more like it's of a piece of that than, right. <clears throat> than the jumping ahead in time. That, although I guess it has its own jumping ahead in time. but Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the main guy from the moon part, does come up in the uh the later part he's the he's the guy giving that little message when when they're shutting down Hal and yeah and uh the little recorded thing it's that guy oh okay i had not realized that but it doesn't surprise me it's a little baby screen yeah yeah (laughs) so maybe it's a big screen it's definitely not like the the screen itself is not a high-resolution screen by any means. Yeah, it's that, just a little... And then it's being recorded on a tiny yeah. <laughs> part of the screen in the camera, so it's losing a lot of definition to it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, okay, the dawn of man. <laughs> At the beginning, I don't know. Uh, where... Uh, yeah, I mean, what I. What do you want to say? I, I don't even know. That's like it's the thing about this movie is like I don't even know what to say about it. It's okay, so overall, do you like it? Did you did you enjoy the viewing? Um, I think so. It's kind of. It was kind of like I'm not sure if I know anything more about this movie now that it's over than I did when going into it. <laughs> There's a lot of vagueness to it. Like it's not. specifying a lot of things going on so it does take a lot of thinking to figure it out yes (laughs) indeed this is one of those movies that uh, people have debated and talked about and thought about for years yeah and so I'd say in, in that regard it reminded me of the Utena movie. Okay. Which I had kind of, not the same reaction to, but a very similar kind of feeling of like, what the hell did I just watch? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what even happened in this movie? This is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of like a artfully done uh, sort of vague movie in parts. Right. And like coming out of that movie, I like had no idea what to make of it. Yeah. In a similar way that I have, like, no idea what to make of this movie. Okay. And that perhaps is a good thing because Utena is now one of my favorite movies ever. Right. <laughs> Over time, of having yes, grown yes. to appreciate it more and more. 
but in that moment it was just kind of like what the hell <laughs> right yeah i would say the first time i watched this movie i i had even a worse reaction than that <laughs> i mean i was kind of like it's good but i don't know that i like it <laughs> like I, I i don't really get it and i mean yeah. i was also like i don't know like 14 or something oh, so right. so That's like a very different experience yeah, yeah. so it, it wasn't necessarily you know i didn't i wasn't prepared for it in the same way yeah yeah i mean like this is is such a cultural like icon yeah that it's a big movie like it's it's one of those movies that i feel like i've known a lot about it going into it from the things but, i've heard before but I remember, like, did you, when you actually watched it, do you think that you knew a lot of things about it? Like, I mean, and that's that's kind of what I mean by, like, at the end, I was like, I don't really know any more about the movie after watching it than I did before. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, and that's not completely true, but it's, it, because I, I mean, I knew, like, obviously Hal is crazy right. evil robot that goes on a rampage. I knew that there was a little space baby at the end that nobody really knew what the hell to make of. The star child? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I knew that it, the, that was a thing. Okay. I didn't really know exactly how it come came into play or anything. But right. I, um, kind of funny that it's called the star child because I think there's an anime publisher producer or something called star child and yeah <laughs> so I, I, I remember this little logo on a lot of anime oh, okay. things like star child yeah <laughs> i believe that's the official name that's that's mm -hmm. first it's in my head you know it's been implanted so i don't know <laughs> i don't know where it came from if yeah. we just made it i don't think we made it up so it, no it was definitely listed that way uh, on wikipedia when it talked about it. Oh, okay. The Star yeah, Child. Right on, right like, on. Okay, that's called the Star Child. All right. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so I kind of, I knew it existed, and so coming out of the movie, I had no more interpretation of it than going in knowing it right. existed at all. It was just like, okay, that was a, a thing. <laughs> it's there, and it's it's up to you to piece it all together. Yes. Right. And so a lot of things were kind of like that. The monolith as well is very much like that. For sure, yeah. And, like, again, I don't know that I knew much going out of the movie that I didn't already kind of know going into it. That this yeah. monolith was this thing that brought civilization to the earth. and Yeah. And it was very vague and undefined in, to, in what it was doing and why. And Yeah, we don't, yeah, you... There's no answers for that stuff. <laughs> yeah, not not in the film itself, and that's kind of like I went on Wikipedia and looked at like the interpretation page of. Oh, okay. there, there's an entire page of just interpretation of 2001. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> like, there is. Okay. And so I, I kind of looked that over because I was like, I literally have no idea what to make of this movie. It, yeah. It happened. Was it saying anything? I don't know. Right. <laughs> and, um. Yeah. Well. I don't know that reading other people's interpretations is a good idea, though. <laughs> yeah, it's... And this is, in a, in a way, like, kind of something else that it reminded me of Utena for, in that there's a director's commentary track on the Utena DVD. Okay. Um, 
where the director kind of he doesn't explain the ending and he, he just states that he doesn't want to limit people's interpretation of what happens right. in that movie and that's something that I, Kubrick has said apparently that Wikipedia had some quote from him oh, okay. to that effect that, that he makes didn't. sense and I was like oh well that that's just like Utenman. and so it kind of right it kind of felt like that in that way of just all right and so in a way i kind of have the same feeling i had at the time of utena of just like well i have no interpretation of it so i need it to be limited somehow because i don't have anything to go on yeah well that's like when i saw it the first time i didn't know what the fuck to make of it but i knew it was something and so then I just watched it again, like a year later and then a year mm. later. And so by like the third or fourth time I saw it, I was like, okay, this is dope. <laughs> I still kind of don't know what the fuck to make of it, though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and you just keep watching it. You know, I don't know. It's very mesmerizing yeah, to me. I mean, so. that's that's basically what happened to me with Utena is that I loved the soundtrack of that movie so much yeah. that I would just go and just turn it on to the point where whatever song I liked was oh, okay. playing. But the that movie is just so visually gripping. It is. That whenever I did that, I'd just kind of start watching it at that point and just yeah, be yeah. like, and eventually I kind of pieced it together. And so it was kind of like what you were saying. Just And then eventually I actually got the actual soundtrack and I didn't need to do that anymore. But, <laughs> but by then I'd already kind of come to appreciate the movie by then. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if uh, I'd gotten into some kind of loop on that with this movie, I might have uh, had a similar experience if that right. continued on. Well, even if you read whatever is on Wikipedia as the as some generalized interpretation or whatever is the mm-hmm. you know, whatever kind of on the, there. the dis- the summary of the discussion, I guess, of that we have had as a culture over this movie oh, okay. and it's basically like here's what people have thought about this movie and like some people see it very darkly as some kind of cyclical thing of violence being perpetuated and that the star child is just gonna come by and blow up the world and <laughs> <laughs> wow okay I see like i've never even considered that yeah and, and yeah, it's just like all these related and other people see it as like this liberation of human evolution and ascending into heaven and all this weird stuff. And yeah. So it's like there's this huge array of different opinions on it. And and, and, and that's what makes it a great piece of art <laughs> is that it is, you know, able to be taken in and not clearly defined. It's, it's one of the ambiguity, which is one of the right marks of a great piece of art in my opinion yeah um yeah i don't i don't know if this has maybe too much ambiguity to the point that i'm just like i don't i feel like that's more just seeing it the first time yeah because i don't like obviously there's a lot of ambiguity but i feel like the more that i watch it not like the more sense it makes, but it it just I'm not confused really by it. Like I don't necessarily know what everything means or what I even think everything means, or even right. if I change it every time I watch it. But it doesn't seem confusing necessarily to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I like to. I just, I love the ride of this movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> I so I often don't care if I know what exactly mm. is happening. I mean, towards the, to the end, yeah. obviously, it's a little a little odd or whatever. That I mean, but I love that shit. But because <laughs> right. I mean, when it's in the early times, like the the ape stuff, that's all relatively straightforward yeah, yeah that was pretty easy to figure out and mm -hmm. so is the moon part relatively right. you know like straightforward and even the the hal part right relatively straightforward and so i don't know how like there's some ambiguity towards the end but like i don't know i'm not saying it's a simple movie but yeah i i'd, I'd say that there's some things that I found out on Wikipedia that like there it's literally just it's information that's outside of the film about what's going on inside the film. That Yeah, but see, I don't know that that's a good thing to have in your head though. Yeah, I mean, I don't Because like where does that information come from? The book? Um from the book, from uh early drafts of the script that altered a few things, yeah. that got cut out and but stuff. But see, that's bullshit though because yeah. because this is what Kubrick presented to the people for them to see and to interpret. And so like the book specifically um, is a totally different track than the movie because right. Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke wrote the script for the movie, but Arthur C. Clarke um, didn't like the directions that Kubrick wanted to go. So he's like, I'm going to write my own book of this fucking story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so the movie and the book are not to like, maybe they're companions, but I don't see the book as being even connected to the movie. Like in my head, I don't ever want to see the book. I don't want to read the book. I don't give a fuck about the book mm. <laughs> because I'm so like, I love Kubrick so much. I just want to see his thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't see it as an adaptation of the book because it was written at the same time as the movie. Right. It's definitely not that. I would be interested in, in reading the short story because um, mm. Arthur C. Clarke wrote a short story that inspired Kubrick to make the movie. Uh, and then Apparently, they wrote... like, five or six that oh, okay. Kubrick bought from Clarke to oh, okay. that piece together various components of the movie. So oh, okay. there, there's actually, like, a whole list of them that was showing on Wikipedia. Well, then I... I... I would be open to reading those, but I really don't care about the book, especially because Arthur C. Clarke just kept writing more and more of them, mm. and so he got up to fucking 3,000-something. They all have a year as a title, mm. and it's just like, no, I don't, I don't need a fucking sequel. They made a movie sequel, 2010. And, yeah, I did oh, see that mention. Oof. oof. That's not, a, not a fan. I am not a fan. No, I did notice it was com by a completely different guy, and appeared yeah. to have no uh, connection to Kubrick in the slightest. No, absolutely not. No c connection at all. There is. I mean, it's based on the book that Arthur C. Clarke wrote. Right. And uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't fuck with that. <laughs> I don't fuck with that movie. I watched it a couple times. I have given it a chance. But it uh, was not for you. Not feeling it. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Th this is one of my favorite movies, fucking 2001. I feel like it's such a perfectly made 
movie on every level. Mm. And so the idea that some, the studio is going to be like, yeah, let's make a fucking sequel. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) no. And so you, instead of having a, a movie made from a position of art, you have a movie made as like, hey, let's make some money and make a sequel to this. And ah, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know where I sit on it. Like, just structurally, I'm not sure how it really works out. The What do you mean? Um, like, specifically, I kind of feel like that moon section. Yeah. I'm not really sure, like, whether I like that. Or, I mean, in terms of itself being its own little okay. thing. I think it, it's fine. It works. It's yeah. interesting. But how I don't know how well it contributes to the overall film. And a lot of that is just because I just don't know what the heck is going on with the movie in a lot okay. of respects. But looking at it, I'm like, what did this actually add to the narrative? Well, or it, to the themes, even? I'm kind of like... Because they see the monolith again. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they find out stuff and whatever, but... Like, uh, the other times the monolith shows up, it's like this massive thing. It gives people tools, and it it teleports dude off to wherever. It turns him into, like, it's these massive shifts, and then you get this, oh, it exists. (laughs) And it's like, okay, that's not, like, it doesn't fit with what the monolith does in all the other instances. You don't think that humans discovering the fact that there is intelligent life is not a major shift? in humanity I don't like, think it really is at least it doesn't show if it if we fucking found out that there were aliens you wouldn't think that that's like a major thing like right now I mean in humanity right now it would be a major thing but I don't know that it would be a transformative thing in the way that it would fucking change everything people would like and, be blown away like holy shit <laughs> more to the point it's not a transformative thing in the movie The people of Earth in the third part, where they're sending off that mission to space, have not in any way changed. They don't. Yeah, the the people of Earth partially because they don't even know. Right. And that's kind of like, well, this encounter with the monolith hasn't really changed the world. But that encounter with the monolith is not meant to change the world. That encounter with the monolith (laughs) is meant to get them to go to Jupiter. Right. It's guiding them. And I'm kind of wondering why it couldn't just be that thing in Jupiter. Why couldn't you just discover it at Jupiter? Why couldn't the thing at Jupiter happen at the moon? Like, why does the monolith need to be this connecting element? Yeah, well... In in, In terms of discovering it on Jupiter, I don't think that... I mean, it's sci-fi. You could have any sort of, any sort of, like... Uh, technology but Kubrick's idea is not far reaching weird technology right it's more grounded so the idea that now we're able to explore the moon which is the closest thing to us and we Mm -hmm. find this thing and then it sends us out it says like hey go this way (laughs) basically and then we follow it you could theoretically not have that and just have 
the Jupiter part as a moon part, but I think that that would limit the movie. I, I, I feel like the, you need to have that step. And I don't know that I can explain why you need to have that step. Right. But I think it's a very important step. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's, I don't know. I just don't know how to explain what I feel. And I don't even know necessarily what I feel. I don't know. Yeah. I just um, like that section a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like the idea of if, if, because if, if you took the Jupiter stuff to the moon, it would change how that stuff played out. Like it would just be different. They wouldn't be isolated because there's like fucking moon bases and shit. And so. Yeah. They have to, I, like, the whole thing is that they're isolating the one guy and taking him beyond the infinite. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm just kind of like, what, why did they, like, did they need this middleman? What was the middleman actually contributing I think it's just, in that it's, way? It's, and it's just a guide. It's guiding. Yeah. It's moving things forward. Yeah, just... It just struck me as like, what is this doing, and why is the monolith here so different from every other instance of it? Where you see it, and it's just like you're suddenly a different person. You're not even like yeah, like physically not even the same person anymore. Is what it feels like in all the other times you encounter it in the movie. Like right. It, and then it's just here. It is. It's on the moon. It exists. And then, like, it's more than that, though. <laughs> and, it just, like, and maybe I'm just not seeing like what else it's contributing. Yeah. But. Well, see, like, I feel okay. So that monolith that they found is unlike the other ones in that the monolith given to the monkeys or or that appears for the monkeys is dropped into it, it appears in a location right there with in front of them so they like can't miss it and they're like oh shit what the fuck is this right and they go ape shit literally <laughs> <laughs> the moon one is not it's very specifically placed underground yeah and generating this field so and they say that it's been place there like however the fuck four million years or whatever the fuck they like mm -hmm. can date it to being there for a long fucking time so I see it as the I don't know what to refer to the the, the extraterrestrials as but just the monolith like the monolith is, is starting humans and giving them like higher brain function by like here hey you can you you get the information you touched us you got the information you can use tools now there's a thing placed at your nearest planetary body and when mm -hmm. you have the tools necessary to get to this place and to discover this thing and then touch it and to commune with it then then we send you off to Jupiter. And then, so I feel like that is such uh, an important part in the in the step of, of mm -hmm. 
giving the humans tools because the f the first tool is the bone, but it he throws it into the air. It transforms. Now we're in space. The bone becomes a spaceship. The right the idea of of tools have gotten us like into this amazing technological you know realm. So I feel like that moon section is super important to that. Um, I mean, obviously you could just, rem you could remove it and shift things around, but I, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it just seems like it would be very easy to just be like, oh, we've found some radio wave coming from Jupiter and we're homing in on it because yeah, we don't know what's but going like, on. Can we even do that now? You know, like, I, I just feel like, do we have fucking the, the capabilities to even, re, like, get shit from that far away? I mean, we probably do. I don't fucking know. I don't work at NASA. But especially in the 60s and just the idea of, like, we're a few years, you know, because this is 68. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, this that's is right. The idea of it's, it's going to be it's 2001. It's kind of working off of... Uh very realistic and yeah and so it's like technology 33 years from the release of the movie the idea because this was before the moon landing and there the was space race was happening mm -hmm. and so like we just landed on the moon the year after okay yeah i was actually wondering about that is when this took place on that because i was like 68 oh we probably landed on the moon by then right Six, that was in the 60s 69 69 if i'm if i'm not mistaken it's 69 yeah, I, I meant to look that up and i didn't but but uh, that was you know the whole thing and so in that they not only have landed on the moon but they have like bases and, and right. shit like that which is obviously uh <laughs> not possible in 30 years but in the realm of this movie, you know. Uh, yeah. And honestly, I'm not sure how impossible it would have been had we focused on it to the degree that we were focusing oh, on the moon landing true. in the first place. That's true. Because we kind of went through this phase of, oh, we're going to get to the moon. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. we kept that enthusiasm right. on a nationwide or worldwide scale, right. maybe we would have. Maybe. I mean, it would have been a huge engineering challenge, but if we sure. totally dedicated mankind itself to it, we yes. probably could have done something up there. Yeah, and maybe we'd have a scale. fucking star child. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I want my star child. <sighs> yeah, but... Like, and maybe this is just me. I, I kind of want to interpret the monolith as not even being alien. Yeah. I kind of, like, don't even want to put aliens in the equation. Okay. And, just like, I kind of like seeing the monolith on more of a symbolic scale. Yeah. Of just, like, the symbol of human evolution, of human progress. Right. And in that sense, it's kind of this mystical thing where, you know, it's, it's this symbol of the spark of intelligence to create tools. The yeah. Symbol. Of, and as such this symbol of what we will learn in the future and take us to this height of right knowledge where we become a star child thing and like, like yeah. i, I kind of feel I'm like ready. <laughs> like i feel like the aliens are completely like an unnecessary middleman as well in the interpretation of what the film is saying yeah like, i mean i didn't even like think that there were aliens in this movie until I had seen it a few times and there aren't 
actually any aliens in this right, movie. Right. It's all up to interpretation, and that's what I love about it. Yeah. And so, like, the idea that there are... Like, I don't like thinking that there's some fucking green dudes that are, like, sending monoliths out. <laughs> I think that's dumb as fuck. But... But, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, are the monoliths the fucking aliens? Like, I, I don't think so. But, but like, who the fuck knows what uh, what life or, or this version of life is like beyond the infinite, you know? <laughs> who the fuck knows, man? Right, right. But, I, you know, I like what you're saying, though. Yeah, like because there are no aliens in it yeah i i kind of like taking that tack with it but i don't know that that's what i should be doing with it but i think you should be doing whatever you want to be doing with it that's why it's fucking awesome and that's why it has lasted and been uh lavish with such praise because it can be what you know it's it's open to whatever you want it to be yeah Yeah, because, I mean, there's some weird thing, like, just different ideas that I've been able to think of because I read the stuff on it that I don't okay. think I ever would have thought of or realized. Um, we'll never know. You yeah. touched the Wikipedia monolith. Yeah, I know. I, I, got, <laughs> I got the download. But, like, I mean, there's things that just, in, and this is what I mean by, like, information that just was not put in the film okay that i feel like maybe isn't necessary to understanding or something but i don't know i kind of feel like it is kind of like i just didn't really get anything of what was happening without like little extra push or something okay and like the like you were the transition there from the bone in the air to the, yeah. the satellite which apparently kind of cut out of the movie because Kubrick thought it made it seem like too much like his earlier, like his previous film, Dr. Strangelove was okay. that those satellites that it turns into carry is carrying nuclear bombs. Oh, uh, those okay. are military spaceships with weapons. Oh, okay. And it's this trans and to me that kind of encapsulates a big part of the theme of violence and non-violence and yeah and to me that like that opened up just a whole new angle to actually see the film through and i and at the time like when i first read that, i was like oh that's i'm like oh those are weapons like and suddenly it was like oh i can actually look at this movie through a lens of something yeah and understand it on some level of what it's about and like prior to that it was just like i i don't know things happened yeah and <laughs> and then it was like oh okay i can see an actual like it's not just technology but it's weapons it's violence and yeah but then where does violence come in in the rest of it though exactly it's not anywhere in there except in what hal does right so that's and why then, i don't know that it's necessary to know that those are are nuclear bombs i kind of think it was because i was just completely lost and suddenly i had a thread to follow okay and that thread is to me anyway that uh these evolutionary steps and this is perhaps part of why i don't really know what to do with that moon section yeah because that moon section does not really fit into what my thread is doing right <laughs> um but you have this massive shift in thinking in operating 
when the monolith first appears at the Dawn of Man. Right. Now we have weapons. Right. And then you see them eating meat all the time. And yes, yes. That's actually something I still have no clue what to do with is the emphasis on food in this movie. There's a lot of shots of people eating. There and is. And I feel like there's there a is. huge significance to that that is just way over my head. And I'm just like, I don't know what to even start on that but it's not one time it's, you know, <laughs> yeah that, can, that's this that is, is just like set aside in my head yeah. but well, this is one movie that you are not going to <laughs> comprehend in one viewing right i mean i've probably seen it 10 times and i who the fuck knows why there is there a lot of food i don't know <laughs> the fucking food is dope i don't know <laughs> don't ask me <laughs> right but like so you've got this violence going on as this that's what human humans have been for this history is a history of kind of this and so you transition to this satellites of with weapons on them okay and, but the next step of evolution is going to be moving beyond that it's going to be this evolution where we put what we have now behind us and move on to something completely different star child yeah so and that's that's just like the weapons that they invented were something completely new and set an entire life yeah, behind yeah. like everything that had come before the entire way of life how things worked gone right. we're throwing it away because we have this new thing and it has completely transformed everything yeah in that same way the star child is going to be that next step where we take all of that and put that behind us and move on we will have something new that will render violence obsolete and meaningless and move on to something else we, yeah we and we're star what child. that else is I <laughs> but like that's that's the next step of evolution yeah is moving past what we have already evolved into yeah that's fucking cool <laughs> i like it and that's so you're saying star child not going to destroy earth <laughs> No, he's going to, like, just, he's the next, he's what gonna, is the next thing? I don't know. But it's yeah. going to be something that does not rely on the tools that we have now. Yeah. Something okay. that goes beyond what we have now. Yeah. And the weapons kind of being a symbol of what we have done and how we respond to the world. Right. <laughs> and we're going to go past that into infinity and be like whatever right, the right. heck that is but, yeah who knows what that is but nobody i kind of see is. it as like we won't evolve until we put all of that in the past ah, yeah that's cool like because you kind of see that because there really is no violence in this movie outside of that dawn of man section yeah when Al. they're beating the shit out of that guy yeah like that's that's like the end of like all straight out violence and that's then there's true. hal murdering some people which you could call yes. the violence, but then that's that's how he's the the villain, the one they move beyond. That right. he's the dead end that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, he's the ultimate tool, and they and, have to shut him down. Yeah, and and ultimately a tool of violence in yeah. the end, and yes. that's what we have to get past is that reliance upon this. Well, shit. That's, there you go, <laughs> folks. That's and it. I don't think I ever would have even come close to following that thread without that little bit of information that those satellites were weapons of war. I feel that like that kind of suddenly drew that. a line. Yeah, and I was like, oh, now I have a direction, and I can actually look at things like the monolith shooting its radio wave <laughs> to Jupiter. You had a direction. <laughs> And so, like, the monolith part on the moon is is important to the role, to the, the, the 
whole of the movie, the, uh, the, the knowledge of the nuclear bombs was important to you. I feel like you might have connected it over multiple watches. Maybe. In terms of, because you do have the two areas of violence. And yeah. I feel like that was the fast track. You know, you, maybe, you, maybe you I just hooked a ride on the, on the monolith yeah. through the <laughs> <Gotcha>. infinite. <laughs> And you, you, you know, came to it. I, I mean, yeah, it sounds good though. I like it. Yeah. So, and, and at the moment, that's just kind of the only thing I can really take away from it. Yeah. And maybe there's a lot more that I just haven't found yet to take away from it. Yeah. But. I mean, there may be. There, there, there is an infinite number of times you could watch this and, and <laughs> right, and see new things and stuff. <laughs> For sure. The. Uh, Kubrick is not a violent guy uh, himself. He he was uh, he made a lot of anti-war sort of mm-hmm. <laughs> anti-violent movies. So it would make sense in terms of what I know of Kubrick's movies that uh, he would be uh, kind of making the ultimate transcend violence movie. Yeah, I don't know that I ever thought about it like that. Maybe because I never knew that they were nuclear bombs. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like I mean, that's what I mean by it. Like, it's information that is totally not in the film that kind right. of sent me down that path. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like uh, that information may have been in a cut of the movie and Kubrick cuz obviously everything about this movie Kubrick is is super meticulous. Right. about everything in the movie and so he obviously left it out for a reason. I feel like it might he might have cut it out specifically because it makes it too clear or because it makes that line too like easy to follow or whatever. Yeah. I I don't I don't necessarily know that Kubrick's goal in this is making it understandable. Like I feel like he wants to do his right. thing and then if you get it, you get it in whatever way you get it mm-hmm. or you don't. Like fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. Not all of his movies are like this, though. I mean, they're, this is yeah, yeah. the most sort of ambiguous out of all of them. But, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. There's, there's some pretty ambiguous stuff, too, but not anywhere near the level of this. You know, mm-hmm. like the ending of Clockwork Orange is kind of like, oh, okay. But mm-hmm. the whole rest of that movie is more, much more normal than something like this. Well, yeah, and you say the other, I guess, cinematic identity that this reminds me of, yeah, is um, actually Mamoru Oshii films. Okay, and that Mamoru Oshii also, like this film, likes to just linger on an image. Yeah, and this film does a lot of that. Of yeah, that's a Kubrick thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's also just a Mamoru Oshii thing of just like a lot of his movies will just show you an image and just stare at it for a yeah, while yeah <laughs> and so it was kind of reminding me of that as well so i wouldn't be surprised if he is a fan of kubrick i wouldn't either although i'm not specifically uh thinking of anything a direct line comparison or anything yeah beyond just a similar stylistic approach in that one regard anyway right right i just feel like Kubrick is so dope <laughs> that 
personally, I feel like if you make films and you don't like Kubrick, you kind of are like just not making good movies. <laughs> like, I feel like liking Kubrick is so integral to, be, to like being into movies. Right. And so when somebody tells me they don't like Kubrick and they're like quote unquote into movies, I'm I just like what? How does that make sense? <laughs> and it's it reminds me of a thing that that Scorsese said about Sam Fuller movies is like if you don't like Sam Fuller movies, you don't fucking like movies <laughs> because they're fucking just the ultimate movies. And I feel like Kubrick is a, a filmmaker in that same sort of category. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting because I think. Full Metal Jacket, I don't remember having much in the way of linger shots like this. Yeah. And that's like the only film I think of his that I've really seen before. That's certainly the only one that I'm really familiar with. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not... Not like... The, I mean, 2001... Is, Takes it to the extreme, yeah. It's very, very like heavy on... I mean, all of his movies are heavy on production design, but like he really wants to showcase like a lot of the designs of the ships and stuff in this movie and just all, mm -hmm. everything that is in this movie. And like full, I haven't seen full metal jacket in a long time, but I remember like all the shit with, uh, Arlie army, the drill sergeant, a lot of that when he's just like bitching at the fucking recruits and stuff, <laughs> a lot of that is like a single take with, Mm. either either Steadicam or some yeah, kind of a dolly yeah. thing. And so, like, it's not the same type of right. single image, but it is, like, an unbroken image. Mm. Uh, okay. I, off, other than that kind of stuff, I don't... I'd have to watch it. I know there's a, a long shot of Private Pile, Vincent D'Onofrio, like, sitting on the fucking toilet towards the end of his thing, where he's just, like, just fucking staring into the camera. There's a long shot of that. Mm. Yeah, it kind of is. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. It's just unbroken him just growling, but... Yeah. I know. It, yeah, I do kind of remember that being a big thing where he was kind of breaking down in the bathroom. But. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again, but... Uh, the the meticulous qualities of Kubrick are are throughout all of his movies. Right. Um, but I I would probably say 2001 and newer movies are much more like that than the older stuff because like his first couple of movies are they're not they're not like normal movie i mean they are they're like a lot more like normal 50s movies but they're made with great care mm -hmm. <laughs> much more so like it's obvious in those first couple of movies that oh this dude is gonna fucking be somebody <laughs> it's like it, he's dope already but uh, he's still working within like the studio system and he doesn't he's have like you know like uh... by the time he got to 2001 they basically just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the level of, of production and quality and special effects and stuff in this movie is just, like, unprecedented for the time. Mm -hmm. Nobody had seen, like, literally anything like this before. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, because when I looked at the 
box, it, like it mentions that transition shot that cut the cut from the bone to the spaceship. Yeah, that's like a big thing. And yeah. it was like, oh my god, the one of the most amazing. Cuts. I'm it's, like, wait, yeah. what? Huh? And like, was it really that big a deal? It's <laughs> not that big of a deal, but a lot of people make a big deal about that that connection. Um, and in the actual movie, it's not even that great of an edit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kubrick, but. Yeah, it's it, not. It's not like um, perfectly like transitioning between bone and you know. It's like you have you have to be aware of the connection. Like you have to think about it and make right. that connection. Yeah, he I, doesn't make it visually necessarily. Yeah. I almost feel like the spaceship at the end with Hal on it looked more like the bone than the spaceship it transitioned to. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess it does kind of look like a bone. I always think of that spaceship as being um, sperm-like mm, because yeah, yeah. the uh, the Star Child results, you know, in its yeah, that, in its that can work. Its uh, its journey, its odyssey. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It is kind of. It does have the kind of two ends and a long sort of bone thing. Yeah. You know, I kind of like w- during that actual like cut the where the bone is like flying through the air. Yeah. Like before, it, like before it cuts to the spaceship, I just kept thinking like a dog was gonna jump up and catch it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was gonna like be in some like. American front yard of fucking 80s montage starts of (laughs) dogs catching bones and frisbees and shit. (laughs) And I mean, I knew like in the moment, like, no, no, that doesn't even fit with this. Like, nothing makes sense about that. But it just, that was my mind going to like, a dog's going to catch it. It's going to be some dude playing fetch in his front yard or something. (laughs) No, that would be a very different movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kubrick does have a good sense of humor, though, and not necessarily that it comes through in this movie very much, but there is a, a fucking great part that I love where uh, uh, Haywood, the guy who is the main guy during the moon section, mm. he's, I forget where he is, but he's on a ship flying. I think it's when they're flying to the monolith, and it's just like, there's this shot of him looking at the fucking instructions for the oh, yeah, space the toilet. toilet. <laughs> and it's just all this shit, and he's just, like, reading it, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit just makes me die every time. I just <laughs> laugh so much. Yeah. Kubrick has a, a, a good, dark sense of humor. It, like, Dr. Strangelove is super uh, comedic. Mm. Um. I've- don't think i've actually heard it described that way before but oh well it's it's a 100 percent straight comedy mm. but it's not necessarily um i might be thinking of something it's else, not though. slapstick or whatever no i think i'm thinking of what are you thinking of i think i'm thinking of dr Zhivago. <laughs> dr Zhivago is a very different movie <laughs> a very different movie yes Just, yes it starts with doctor and yes, yes. like wait no no wait i'm mixing those they're up somehow. they're around the same same time dr strangelove is 64 and i believe shivago is 65 but that's been a long time since i've looked up shivago so yeah i think i've heard more about Zhivago lately in terms of just something i heard somebody talking about it and yeah so that, that was just in my head yeah and no that Zhivago is like a big russian epic it's like three i mean it's a it's an american movie but it's it's uh some kind of thing set in russia yeah. there's like a love story 
Yeah, but, it was uh, about like uh, some like warfare or something going on out of it. And yeah, there's probably some war in it. I don't. I honestly saw that I when I was, was like 15, so I don't remember. I think it like took place like during like it wasn't about the war, but it took place during the war. So I don't know if there was something. They're during some war. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I think I was like thematically, it seemed a bit closer to yeah. Strange Close Love enough is, to... is a war movie, though. A, yeah. a wartime movie. Mm-hmm. Nuclear bombs and shit. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why I kind of wound up transposing them yeah, in my yeah. head, is that I'd heard about Zhivago recently, and that it was well thematically tying into similar th- ideas. Yeah. Kinda... You know how you solve that. You watch it. You watch those movies. <laughs> and then you'll know. <laughs> then you'll know. <laughs> no, these are not the same thing at yes, all. Yes, yes. <laughs> We could also watch Dr. Giggles. <laughs> Dr. Giggles. <laughs> the fucking horror movie. Uh, that's one hell of a good movie. Uh, what other doctor <laughs> movies are there? Oh, there's Dr. tons of Doolittle, shit. Dr. Doolittle, I'm sure that's got a movie. Dr. Doolittle has multiple movies. There's a 60s movie that uh, I believe was the same year as 2001, 68. Right. Then there was the uh, 2000s Dr. Doolittle. They made two of those with Eddie Murphy as Dr. Doolittle. Mm. I haven't seen those, but uh, I have seen the 60s one. I enjoyed it when I was a kid. Mm. Haven't seen it since. There's lots of doctor movies, you know? Fucking, I don't know. Doctor, <laughs> doctor, doctor, I don't fucking know. <laughs> doctor, doctor. I don't know, I can't think of any. Now that I said that there's a bunch. Yeah. So, in terms of boredom... Were you bored while you watched this movie? You know, I don't think I was much. And there was maybe a little here and there where things were... I, I think probably the biggest one is that huge long shot of uh, when he finds the monolith and he's shooting through, like, wormhole or whatever, and you just see, like, shot after shot of, Dude, like, that shit distorted is so dope, color. Though. <laughs> it was just like... I was kind of started up. It's going on. I'm like, ah. I'm like, oh man, this feels like the end of the movie. I'm like, but we got like another 20 minutes. Yeah, it's not going to be 20 minutes of this, is it? And then it just keeps going. I'm like, maybe it is going to be 20 minutes of this. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it's like about 10 minutes. I think it's. Uh, I. I find that the more that I watch this movie, the shorter that part seems. Because there's very distinct sections of it that are unique and distinct, and I enjoy them. And so I find that, uh, I don't know, the more I see it, the more I I just enjoy it. I love it. Hmm. It's such a fucking, like, uh, like... uh, Movie magic. Like, I know at a vague level how they did some of the nebula stuff um physically but like i don't know yeah. how they did most of it and i really yeah, don't want to know there was there was a big section where it looked like it was some kind of like oils and a yeah yeah like kind of liquidish moving around yeah and and i was de- i was thinking a lot about that too perhaps because i just had the time to think about it but <laughs> yeah um, and then there's obviously just like the shots of like looked like the Grand Canyon or yeah the, that kind that of stuff, stuff that's just color distortion right yeah but that's towards the end when he's, yeah he's... when it's when it first starts off and it's just got like it looks like 
awesome eighties light show right. kind of stuff. That I have no clue how they yeah. would have done. I imagine it's some kind of a computer, but uh, I don't. I don't know, and I don't really want to know. I love <laughs> just not knowing. Um, it's one of those things that it just. I. I just. Yeah, I I'm mean, mesmerized. Like effects wise, the movie is amazing. It's flawless. It's just awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, the only thing I could even come close to calling a flaw would be the ape costumes, and even their like, they're there's those, nothing wrong with them on a costume. Those apes level. are dope, though. I, yeah, it's just it's something that uh, my anthropology teacher told me about ape costumes See, in movies. That's your problem, going to yeah. fucking school, <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning shit. <laughs> Uh, what is that Pink Floyd the wall? <laughs> we don't need no education. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Uh, but yeah, as like you said, you can always tell the difference between a guy in an ape costume and an ape because they walk so completely and utterly different. Yeah. There's no confusing human leg structure with ape leg structure. That's true. And I can very much see that in these ape costumes on it. But literally yes. that's the only way that illusion breaks. Yeah, no, they're quality costumes. Yeah, Kubrick, um, this came out the same year as Planet of the Apes. And um, Planet of the Apes won the Oscar for Best Makeup and Costuming. I, I don't know if it's connected, but he, it won for basically the ape suits. And I, you know, I haven't seen Planet of the Apes in freaking forever, but yeah. I think these were better ape costumes. They were one hundred percent better <laughs> ape costumes, but and so Kubrick was very angry that like he's like, What the fuck? We had such good ape costumes. Yeah. Sci fi wasn't a prestige genre at all. Like before this. Before I mean there's probably some earlier sixties movies that are a little bit more that, but like the care into presenting planets and ships and yeah. all of that, like the docking bays and all that shit, like nothing had ever been done like that before. And so this movie, like the monolith, like shooting people to, to Jupiter, this movie is the shit that planted all this seeds in the heads of the people who made movies going forward like there would be no star wars without this movie because george lucas was obsessed with 2001 and he's like i got i want to make a space movie but i want to make the ships go fast like i want to i want to like up the ante like 2001 all of the music is pre-composed like it's classical music. yeah yeah it's all stuff i've heard yeah from Classical music collections and stuff. I doubt you've heard the Leggetti, the fucking... All the scary shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I don't think I recognize that right off or He's, anything. But. Yeah, Kubrick is super into Leggetti, all that kind of stuff. He uses that music in, in The Shining really well. Mm. Um, I don't think it's the same tracks, but... Uh, anyway, when, when George Lucas was making Star Wars, he thought, I have to use classical music because... It's so perfect. In 2001, nothing is going to, like, compete. And so when they were putting the movie together, like, he had classical music score, scoring the, the movie. Hmm. But then he had, some, somehow or another, he got John Williams to, like, like, give it a shot or whatever. And it just ended up being, like, way better. <laughs> he was like, oh, shit, 
admit, yeah, this yeah. is the direction we should go. And then they like rescored yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny because apparently that was the opposite in 2001 where they yeah. had someone score a soundtrack for it. And then that's Kubrick right. was like, mm, classical better. <laughs> yes, yes. They released the score. I've never heard it because I don't want to hear it or care to hear it. <laughs> yeah, there was some... Uh, the commentary on it was a quote of somebody who said, it's a great soundtrack, but it's totally inappropriate for the movie. And yeah. it just would not have uh, functioned in the way that the soundtrack does. In the Yeah, the music is so, so much a part of the identity of this movie. Yeah, that, like... And it, it helps it to remain timeless, I think. Yeah. Because... And kind of that way, like, oddly enough, with Star Wars, it's that same way where the music is so, yes. like, iconic to it that... Yeah, you can't imagine either of these movies without the music that's on those movies. Right. It's kind of like they both got the perfect music right. for what they were trying to do. And, right. And I guess that's the lesson. It's not uh, that the tool is good or bad. It's how you use it. It's, yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, fucking, I mean, this 2001, it's like, <laughs> shit changed because of this movie yeah in terms of special uh, effects i will say stuff. just in terms of on a technical level at least with this disc combined with my sound system yeah i was running into the problem of constantly changing the volume because the music was like two or three times as loud as the dialogue so oh, it would really? go into a music section and just be like oh god damn turn that down. <laughs> and then they'd start talking I'm like okay i need to actually hear what they're saying and like, yeah. so it was constantly cranking the volume up and down whenever it shifted from a music section to a do you dialogue section i i just i just put this computer together and i was having a similar problem on my old computer i had already fixed it but but you do you have surround sound or just stereo it's just stereo okay and i think that's kind of what's doing it is because it's set up for 5.1 and i've yeah. got two <laughs> right and so you need to usually on the the blu-ray player um there will be a setting to down mix and you can mm. down mix it to stereo and it okay. will it will basically bring everything together and like level that off and so like i didn't have that set up on this new computer and i'm watching it and mm. i'm like what this is like something's wrong with this. I and I it like dawned on me, like oh shit, I gotta set up my my down mixing thing. And then I did that, and it okay, it was fucking awesome. Because I noticed there were like there were a couple of uh, English audio uh, yeah. tracks to it, and I tried switching between them, and it wasn't really helping anything. So yeah, this... then I found out there was like a third one or so. There's like a dozen freaking audio tracks on this disc. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't. Um, I didn't. I didn't look too deep, but I know that there's, uh, on this disc, I know that um, the original sound mix of this movie was a six-channel uh, surround sound, which is kind of crazy for 68. Like, they just usually did mm. not have stuff like that. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking setting it to the original score would fix out that five <laughs> no <laughs> no the original score was was six channel which wow. is a, a big okay. i don't know that this was the first movie with that kind of sound but definitely one of the first yeah because almost yeah. every movie at that time was still mono yeah i was thinking like that wouldn't be like <laughs> right and so maybe stereo mm. but 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 even um like albums recording like mostly they were 
Well, 68, they probably had transitioned to stereo because, like, Hendrix already had a couple albums out. And so, like, stereo had become the standard, but still mono was in a lot of things and definitely in movies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Woody Allen had a fucking stereo movie until, like, the <laughs> fucking 90s or something. <laughs> he was a, a, a holdout, but, but uh, I mean, just r- random movies, yeah. Maybe big movies like fucking... Poseidon Adventure or some mm-hmm. shit like that had a had a surround soundtrack, but but yeah. So anyway, this had the original six channel, and then I know the disc also has a five point one mix that was done for the DVD later, right? Um, and then there was some other weird one too, in, in addition to like a half dozen different okay. languages, yeah, yeah, foreign language tracks. But yeah, Warner Brothers usually will throw on as many languages as they can. They used mm-hmm. to throw on, I don't know if this one has all the subtitles, but I used to enjoy the uh, Warner Brothers discs would always have like 20 fucking subtitle languages. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't even check. But yeah. I, I would always enjoy that. Well, in terms of the sections of the movie, the ape, Donna Man, mm-hmm. yes or no? You like it? <laughs> I think, yeah, I like I liked that one. I thought that one was a good setup. I mean, I could say like just there could be tighter editing through the entire movie and I don't know that it would lose much, but also I don't know, like, I don't know that that would, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence on that. Like what what you were saying about the boredom factor. Yeah. Like I kind of felt like it was too long, but at the same time that length just gives you time to contemplate. Yeah. And I think that's important for this movie. Yeah. It's kind of like, cause I wasn't really bored with nothing happening. I think it was because I was trying to interpret it. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to go into it with that mindset of trying to interpret it. And you think do. About it. And yes. to that extent, like, knowing what this film was ahead of time of being this longer, thoughtful, yeah, yeah. artistic thing kind of put me in the right mindset. Yeah. One of the few times uh, my ex- expectations actually put me in the right mindset <laughs> right. to go into the movie. Um, but well, That's good. That's good. When I was watching it, I was... I, as with anything, when we're going to talk about it, I think about you being bored mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> I'm like, is Stephen going to be bored by this? And with this movie, my my what I what I kept coming back to was the movie is deliberately paced, but it's constantly changing. Yeah, it is like everything is a different situation, and so mm-hmm. and it's it's so atypical in terms of its structure. It's not like a traditional movie where they're just like talking and having dialogue, and that happens, but it's very minimal. It's yeah. minimal, and it's not even like it happens in other movies. It's like it's totally its own thing. Like uh, when they're at the moon, and he's talking to his daughter and he's he's talking to those people like there are things that happen but they're it's not the dialogue is not the narrative of the movie the visuals are like the narrative right like i almost feel like you don't need any kind of dialogue at all yeah you could and you could could, piece together enough of a coherent story out of it that i agree (laughs) i agree the it is you know, it's Kubrick. It's one of the fucking <laughs> masters of of storytelling and visual storytelling. So, yeah, yeah. I think this. Uh, if you'd really tried, I think you could have made a silent film out of it. But I think you could. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it I would think the lose biggest, something. Yeah, I, I think you would. Like, the biggest hurdle would be Hal. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, man, but all of the Hal stuff is... Like, a lot I of that... That's, I, I think you could do that as a silent film, but I think it would be weaker. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love Hal. I love his voice. I love all yeah. that stuff. Oh, there's... Uh, speaking of Hal and that crazy wormhole trip... Yes. Um, something I noticed in that, and probably wouldn't have if it hadn't been as long as it was, Okay. is... Uh, <clears throat> They keep zooming in on the main character, Dave's eye, and it yes. just made me think of Hal's eye. At the end, I was suddenly like, oh, yes. that's like that's the same shot they always give of Hal's little camera it eyes. Is. And it is. It just suddenly, it was just this sudden, and I have no idea what to make of that connection at the moment, or right. what to do with that. It just, it was a sudden connection of... Well, yeah, like... I think there's something to the fact that how, as he's represented, he's the eye, but he's also, the eye is contained within a black rectangle, very similar to a monolith. And so, as a computer containing all of this information and knowledge, it is the culmination of every tool that they have built from the dawn of man. Yeah. Like, I feel like if the monolith is this thing that is giving information and it's theoretically something that like knows more than humans, it's like bestowing something on us. Humans are kind of making this thing in its image, like subconsciously, you know? Yeah, like they're they, trying to make this thing that will do what the monolith does. Kind of. But it's a failure or right. not a complete well, it's a failure. It's it's artificial. It's something that they're making. And it's, like humans like to make things in their own image, so they give it an eye, much like mm -hmm. a human has an eye. But uh, like you were saying where they have to to shed him, like the monolith gives humanity tools and they build tools to the point that they can reach the monolith and become star child mm -hmm. but like it's like all tools are flawed in the same way that you were saying that that violence you know yeah gonna... is is needing to be shed it doesn't it does not achieve that true perfection that the monolith represents right, right. Mm -hmm. it's just uh or even that humanity you know it's it's not it's not it's it's fake it's digital yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's not analog it's not organic it's a, yeah yeah there's yeah it's kind of there was a funny thing i saw on the the one of the wikipedia interpretations was somebody looked at it and said oh uh if you turn the monolith on its side it's it's basically a movie screen yes i've heard whole, that too like, yeah it's just it's an entire Right. symbol of the medium itself and what uh yes. we can do with it well and the and, and specifically in the fact that at the beginning and the end of the movie it is music with just a black fucking mm -hmm. monolith rectangle that you're staring at yeah, yeah, and that and that like like the people are communing and touching that we are you know sort of 
looking to this gathering thing. around and right. ooing and awing over yes. it, <laughs> and and hoping to get something from it. Specifically in this movie, you're hoping for yeah, like yeah. some kind of like, oh shit, what is he talk? What does this mean? You know, like, and so yeah, I I think I I have heard that, and I definitely sort of enjoy that, and I I don't know that. That's the thing with with Kubrick, you know, who who the fuck knows what he's thinking? But I feel like he is aware of that with the beginning and ending being over black yeah rectangles like that but yeah lots of things to to think about and contemplate right and i wouldn't be surprised if it's a movie that stays with you that you think about oh i'm i'm sure it will uh be a very memorable experience in years to come even if, yeah even if i don't get around to watching it multiple times it's right not going to be easily forgotten and that's mm-hmm. that's why it's fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i think like it's just something that you got to see you know you were you were a little scared yeah. not scared but uh you know a little, like, a little hesitant a little worried that it was gonna not live up to expectations right. or live up to the the standard that it's people put it at right but it sounds like you had a at least a, a not necessarily a positive experience <laughs> but not yeah, a negative experience yeah it, a confused experience but i think that also is part of just what it is yeah but i don't you know i don't know that <coughs> that confused is a bad thing right with specifically with this movie but but yeah kind even of any movie it kind of reminds me of uh, whatever weird like phase of modern art or whatever, where somebody would just put a blue canvas on there and just be like, "There it is." Yeah. And then have people interpreting that and coming up with whatever they want. Like it's just it's empty, but you think about it and you fill in with whatever you want. Yeah, because we are all carrying all of these experiences and and thoughts and stuff and so we're all going to react to something differently and bring our own thing to it and yeah but we're all human so we might you know there's groups that might see like the ocean in a blue square or they might you know who the fuck knows and so yeah it's it's the beauty of art (laughs) but it's a fine line between things that are just trash <laughs> you know like is that good you know especially when you right. get to like modern art where it's like fucking paint splatters and shit right like, like, is what this is, good is this not good Who yeah the like, fuck what, knows? what what is it doing is is that art or is that just the human nature of looking at something and just putting meaning on it because that's just what humans do yeah yeah <laughs> like i like the paint splatter stuff, a lot of people are be like, "Fucking, I could do that." <laughs> but I feel like there's stuff that I've seen where it looks like, "Yeah, I could do that." But if you actually try to do stuff like that, it's generally harder than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's definitely some people that are pretending and like, you know, doing some shitty art. But like. I don't know. I, I think if if people are looking at it and getting something out of it, no matter what the fuck it is, then yeah, serving I mean, I its guess, purpose. I guess we're uh, debating the 
purpose of uh, interpreting something based on who did it, how they did it, the circumstances of it, as opposed to the death of the artist approach yeah. of just take it as it is, avoid of anything. And yeah, well, yeah, I I think that the I don't know that you should think of it that way. Mm-hmm. I think that the person who made it should come into it at some level. Right. In your thoughts, the, in my thoughts, the anyway. intent of it should be recognized. I think I that I it think... should be recognized, but not necessarily like hold, held as gospel. You know, it like right, but uh, it should it should hold some weight. I think right, right, and that's kind of where I'm getting to with the whole like there's information outside of the movie that was kind of necessary to me to get anything out of it yeah and that because i kind of had the same reaction again to utena of just like okay of the director being like yeah i don't want to limit people's interpretation i'm like i don't have any interpretation to limit what are you even like yeah yeah like i don't have anything to work with here and but see i disagree that you have <laughs> nothing to work with i think you have a ton of stuff to work with but it takes work <laughs> to like put yeah. like it takes the time to put into it and so if you don't necessarily have that time right you read about it and it, you got there i i feel like if you had watched it you know four yeah. times more right and like you'd get and honestly more. like if if i had just randomly decided to watch it someday and just go you know what i'm going to watch it yeah. then i maybe wouldn't have bothered looking on wikipedia but it was kind of like I came out of that movie like I have literally nothing to say about this. What am, what are we even going to talk about? I don't even know what to. Say. There's plenty to talk about. It's 2001. <laughs> it's like I have like no idea. Like I need more yeah, like yeah. to actually digest for like actually right. discussing it. And I can understand that. There's definitely movies like that where where it's just like I I don't know. I need some kind of a guide. Yeah, and I, I kind of felt that with this, and maybe if I had watched it, like, a half a dozen times over a few years or something, yeah. it would have pieced itself together naturally. I feel that it would, because that's what happened with me, mm-hmm. but um, who knows? I mean, I definitely didn't connect the nuclear bomb thing, you know? <laughs> I, right, like right. I've, There's no way for me to. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's, maybe it says a little thing on the little... <laughs> little baby spaceship there's a little <laughs> little tiny thing that you could see that i didn't see but i don't know yeah and i guess like the original script would have the star child blowing up the satellites and i guess that was in the book and taken out of the movie and oh man i'm f- <laughs> uh, see that's the kind of shit that like like that that's why i don't know yeah that's I mean, why i ain't fucking reading that book i don't want to see star child blowing shit up <laughs> that is just uh there's no fucking way that Kubrick shot that. Yeah, I think that would have been... It was like an idea that was never done. Yeah, I feel like, like that's an Arthur C. Clarke idea where he's like, oh, we gotta show him blowing shit up. And, and, and Kubrick's Kubrick just like, nah. Like, Dude, write a fucking book, man, because I ain't... <laughs> that ain't my movie. <laughs> yeah, no. The, and, uh, I just, and that kind of goes into the... Uh, pessimistic idea of it of like the star child blowing up the earth was that people interpreting that as oh. blowing up, him using the nukes to blow up the earth or uh, something. but that no way <laughs> and it was just like i don't know like and that's where i mean by like 
there's no violence in this film from people. Right. Like, it's just like the violence is so removed from it that I just don't feel like that could have been the proper ending. Like, no, I feel like that would be a horrible ending. <laughs> yeah, just like, no, I don't, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit what I see elsewhere in the movie of yeah. being very calm and sedate and not destructive. E- even if it's... Starchild was to blow up the satellites, I don't like that. But to have him blow up the Earth would be even worse. <laughs> yeah. And the idea that he's blowing up the Earth, I guess, because humanity is beyond saving and they're just violent like yeah i mean it just just does not work with the rest of the movie i mean maybe i kind of get what works but i mean i don't even think that's in the book i think it was just vague enough in the book that people were interpreting Uh, it that way uh, and like i mean (laughs) i'm gonna have to forget this (laughs) i kind of see what they're doing and connecting it of oh the monolith came and gave us weapons so it comes again and gives us more weapons yeah and i'm like i i see where you're going but no i think <laughs> like, that's just, i don't yeah. think that's what it's doing at all yeah i mean um, i'm open to people seeing what they want to see and i think it's great <laughs> but no <laughs> i i i think that's, that's definitely a misreading yeah and that and that's kind of what like going back to it, like that's kind of what i feel like outside information like to even come like because people i think were coming to that work uh, i was just like why, why are you coming to this conclusion that's not what i'm right. seeing in here but it's like that spectrum was kind of all over the place right from the start according to huh. wikipedia of like critic reactions and audience reactions oh, was wow. just running the whole gamut right from the start and yeah you, and it was just like wow like like did if you were presenting like an actual message, yeah. you clearly didn't present it because everybody got everything possible out of this and all this spectrum. Yeah, I think Kubrick has a message that he's presenting, but I don't know that he's necessarily interested in in having everybody get his message. I think he's more interested in just yeah. presenting his version and allowing the imper- interpretation to take its own course. I don't know, but just just he made these choices to make this particular movie. Right. And so I feel that he you know, that's what he's, you know, interested in is is this weird vague movie that doesn't give you those answers. Right, right. And this is coming out I mean, sixty eight is like Vietnam War is fucking going on. And so yeah. we're in wartime. Yeah. And so, like, people who support the war, maybe we're fucking like, yeah, fucking <laughs> Star Child's coming to kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe people wanted that to be the. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, who knows? I think that that's a very odd way to <laughs> to come right. out of this movie, though. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like, but yeah, there was, there's just that idea of, oh, the monolith gives us violence, and here it takes us to the next step and he comes back and looks at the earth and oh he's gonna blow up the earth because that's what the monolith (laughs) gives us things to blow stuff up with yeah that's that's so weird to me though yeah yeah it so that's i guess one of the ways people tend to look at the movie and if if any weird if anything the monolith just gave us this the the spark to you know Right. Used to make things and use tools and so the humans are the ones creating the violence 
I mean, the monolith just is like, is, yeah. hey, you know, it kind of woke us up and we're like, hey, we can use this fucking bone. But like the monkeys are the one that totally beat the shit <laughs> out of that other monkey, you know? Yeah. Like <coughs> the monolith isn't like egging them on in the corner. Like, yeah, get him, fool. <laughs> right, right. But at the same time, it's giving that knowledge to another human who is a part of that whole yeah and so you know why would he decide something different but i don't know yeah yeah and then there's that whole weird uh room he winds up in at the end with the yeah what do you make of that um that just kind of at the time just kind of baffled me yeah i was like at, I, yeah I, I don't. He's, <laughs> he's he's in a freaking museum now. I guess I whatever. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of the movie. One of my favorite shots specifically is the when old like when when uh, spacesuit wrinkled Dave is yeah. like fucking wandering around and he looks through the. Yeah, into the yeah. other room. Where, I actually, I really liked those where transitions. Eating. Where, yeah, and then the fucking eating Dave, old eating Dave, is like looks back and there's nobody there because it's just him. <laughs> like, like wait, what? <laughs> I love. And then that he likes, shit. yeah, and then he sees the even older him on yeah. the bed and looks back and then, yeah, yeah. I I loved those transitions. Yeah, that I, th- I mean, I'm solid. not sure I know what the heck that was like. I really get it, but I like yeah. the way it was done was very well designed and i agree in showing yeah. that passage of time I, and, I love it and and not just the passage of time but his own <clears throat> perception of it and recollection of his past of like right putting all the pieces together and contemplating both his past and his future and how it, and life as it goes by it was just a really good way to have him just be realizing things and connecting all of them yeah and with, with understanding 100 percent through visuals and editing yeah like not a single word but like right <clears throat> that video that gives the final like the secret mission objectives is like that's the last line of spoken yes. words in the entire movie yes uh, like everything else after that is just pure visually weird and yeah yeah, so, and it's a very visually engaging movie. It's very nice to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that weird museum at the end, it kind of struck me. Like, I don't, again, I don't know what to actually make of this, but it's just something that, like, feels important, I guess. Yeah, well, I think everything is important, and that's why it's there. <laughs> right. I don't know why, necessarily. And it, but... it's, it's distinctive. And yeah. Especially, I think, when you've got a director like Kubrick who really knows his shit. Right. If it's distinctive, it's distinctive for a reason. Right. It's not just something random. He's like, that looks cool. No, like, he, there's, yeah. There is a purpose to doing things in the way he does them. Yeah, and he's super into production design and, like, sets being built for certain reasons and, you know, like, right. the uses of shapes and things. And, and what, what that thing is, like, the lights are in the floor. Yes. Which is completely the opposite of how we normally light our buildings and stuff. It and is. It like, is. it's the light is coming up from the floor, and I'm just like, what is that about? Like, 
you wouldn't have just done that at random. Like, that's not just a, hey, let's do a weird set design with right. floor lights. Like, no, it, it, you had to think, you know what? I want lights in the floor because they're doing something. Right. And, what are they doing, man? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that again, like the uh, the whole how I compared with... Yeah, uh, it's fucking worlds upside down, man. <laughs> I mean, and maybe that's all it is. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's that he's now above the normal mental operations where we're normally under the light of okay. understanding, and he's now passed he's above, above that. Yeah, he's like in an enlightened state. Yeah, yeah, because, <laughs> you, you know, you normally get like this, you know, this beam of light coming down as like illuminating things. and, and Yeah, yeah. And now he's he's above that illumination. He's yeah. the one providing that illumination, uh, perhaps. Okay, I don't yeah. know, like it's it's taken in the other direction, maybe. And, well, and then he becomes Starchild, who is above right. the Earth, and he has his own sort of light emanating from him. Right. So, yeah, so there's probably Maybe something it's something there. like that. Yeah, that, that's know. one that I'm just kind of like fumbling around with. Like, I, I don't know. Let's throw some right. ideas at it and see if something sticks. But well, that's I. Th- yeah, I like the fumble. You know, I, <laughs> I like the not knowing. I think that uh, it it takes a filmmaker of great skill to make a movie where it. You know, like <laughs> this could obviously. A mo- it's a movie that you know doesn't make a lot of sense people don't know what the fuck to make of it like in the lesser hands this could be a total clusterfuck yeah yeah I mean, yeah, I mean the fact that it's it's even if you got bored here or there it's roughly two and a half hours and you were engaged that whole time and you came out with no solid understanding of it like that says something about the filmmaker yeah, you yeah know? it's 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 a very high quality production. Yeah. On, on every aspect of what it's doing, it's doing it to the highest level of skill you could yeah. possibly bring to it. Kubrick's fucking. <clears throat> I mean, I would probably say that this is his best movie in in terms of me. I don't. It's hard for me to rank things. I don't like in general ranking things, but I would say that this is probably in terms of all aspects like his best movie but fuck man there's some good ones though <laughs> i don't know man clockwork orange is pretty fucking good yeah yeah like i don't really know what to do with this movie yeah. at the moment and maybe i would after multiple viewings figure out where to kind of give it a, a rating of some kind but yeah. like at the moment i like feel like i couldn't even give you a Oh, like a number rating or yeah, something? Yeah, like, or anything even similar to that in yeah. terms of a, do, do I like it? I honestly don't know. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know that I can even give an answer to that at the moment. Right. Like, it's just, it, it was, it's something that happened. And <laughs> yeah. Well, you said you liked the, the ape part. Yeah, there's, there are definitely, like, things in it that are just really cool and awesome. Moon part, you're not too big on. Yeah, and... I think, like, on its own, if that were just an entire little short story or, like, an episode of a Outer Limits or something, it would yeah. have been, like, a... Yeah, it's 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 a good thing. Like, I just don't know how to fit it into the rest yeah, of the narrative. Okay. And so, in that sense, it's kind of not working for me. But I think that's the kind of stuff that 
you take into a second viewing and you're like, right. where does this fit in? It's here for a reason. Yeah. Because yeah. I, you, I mean, you've only seen a couple of Kubrick movies, but like for me, I love Kubrick. So I respect the fact that it's here. He put it here. There yeah, has to be something yeah. to it. And so I'm going to try to figure it out instead of writing it off as like, well, Kubrick fucked up. <laughs> I don't <laughs> right, know. Right. <laughs> right. Like I, yeah, I mean, the, the knee-jerk reaction to it is to be like, it doesn't fit my interpretation, therefore it's wrong. But it's maybe my interpretation is what's wrong. I right. need to, you know, really actually play with that. Yeah, and I mean, there has to be some level of trust, trusting yourself, and mm. that maybe it is shitty. I don't know. <laughs> but for me personally, I love Kubrick to the level that I will disregard my own. I mean, I like it 100%, but... Mm -hmm. but uh, like the first I would say I didn't like this movie I wouldn't say I was a fan of this movie until probably like the third or fourth probably like the fourth time I saw it because I remember specifically the third time I watched it was the first time that the idea of the director like making choices that's when that dawned on me during mm. the spacewalk scenes when all you hear is the air yeah. the breathing and the air tubes and shit it was just like oh this is deliberately designing the sound of this part like for a reason yeah oh shit like this is a director like this is what a director does and it <laughs> kind of blew my mind but i was still kind of like i just don't know that i like this but then the next time i watched it i was like oh this is good like <laughs> i really like this i've come to really like this movie so I feel like it's a movie that just gets better every time. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening with this. And and like I said with the the the, the Odyssey part where he's going through the lights, mm. um every part of this movie at some point used to feel long to me and now it just like they all feel like they mm. just move quickly. I I I don't know. It just Yeah it's uh it's it's really just changed at, over the time you know as the more i like it the more it just like i watched the the apes and it's just like oh i thought there was more ape stuff i just remember this being so much longer <laughs> and the same thing with the lights i was just like oh man it's only like 10 minutes i i just remember it being so long like wow it just goes fast this there's hardly any lights <laughs> it's so weird just how perceptions change and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of putting pieces together about the whole eating thing. Oh, yeah? Like, I'm kind of, like, trying to find, like, a through line of it where... Okay, so they're I'm eating seeing, meat at the beginning and they're, well, they're eating... they're eating, like, plants. They're just, like, scrub brushes. And then yeah, the, the monolith hits them... Yeah, and now they got meat. Like, right, right. Mmm. And then, the next time you see them eating, it's those weird little boxes. Yeah, those little Pan Am things with yeah, the straws. That, that and just stuff. reminded me of like a Happy Meal, and the very first time I saw them, like yeah, they're now, like, now we've moved up from just like gnawing raw meat to shitty fast food. Yeah, and then like the next time you see them eating, it's like this picnic basket, space picnic basket of 
sandwiches. Oh, right, right, yeah. And it's like, oh, we're, we're moving up in the world every time until, like, at the end, he's eating this super fancy meal with the goblet. And the <laughs> oh, right, yeah, he does eat that, yeah. Yeah, it's well, like... Well, and on, in the Jupiter ship, they Yeah, they they've got, like, those... the little TV tray thing. Yeah, but it's like a fucking paste or something. Yeah, all, I, I, I'm like trying nasty. to, like, see, like, some kind of, like, increase in... Uh, sophistication i guess yeah of, uh, the food as it goes but i'm not sure that's something for a second viewing to right there is a lot they do all eat though yeah i didn't really thought about that yeah it's like like i said like food is just super important to it and i don't really know what the food is doing for to the movie in it what its purpose is but we gotta eat <laughs> <laughs> that's a profound statement everybody gotta eat you know yeah which was uh, making me wonder like oh what's the star child eating <laughs> what's the he's gonna eat the world i don't know <laughs> yeah apparently better watch out that's how he's gonna he, he turned into galactus he's just gonna eat the world <laughs> oh, jesus <laughs> gonna run around eating planets oh but, uh, well, I don't know. I do kind of want to mention one shot that I really loved. All right. Was after uh, Hal goes on his little, he starts up his little killing spree. He like kills the first guy, yeah. and there's there's that rapid cut to his eye yes, in the yes. in the little pod. Yeah. I just loved that shot. I was just do 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 like zoomed <laughs> in. It was just like so like oh shit <laughs> like. Yeah, and it's it's impactful because there's no editing like that in any part of the any other part of the movie, right? So right. it really hits you. Yeah, and it, it's it's not like a zoom; it's just this rapid no that rapid that cuts editing. To it. Yeah, and, and that's what I love about the way older movies use stuff like that. Because nowadays every movie is cut fast, so you can't like this shit doesn't hit you in the same way. Yeah. And so in the same way that, like, close-ups, there's only a few close-ups of heads in this movie. Most of it is wide shots of multiple people or something. Yeah, yeah. And so, and when like, it, when you see when Hal's does. giant eye or yeah. just fucking Dave's mouth talking and when they're watch when Hal's watching them in the pod and stuff, it, I, it, it just hits you in, it more uh, at, a, at a yeah visceral it, level. Yeah it matters more right you notice it more and so you go this is important yeah and it it means something more because of that and yeah and that's it's, it's just something that's lost not in terms of like filmmakers that know what they're doing but in terms of mainstream movies almost every shot is a close-up of a head with a blurry background and so it's just this fucking head <laughs> And and there's yeah. just like dialogue is one head flipped to another head like the two people talking it's just the same ugly shots it's just such trash <laughs> and uh, you know 2001 was a big movie that was it yeah. was a giant hit the idea that this movie would be a hit now is like what <laughs> a movie like this would not be a hit now yeah so I just I. I, a, I, I miss those days that I wasn't a part of. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah, there was... I did expect more explanation about Hal and why he does the stuff he does and why he why he goes crazy. Why he goes crazy? Yeah, they it, don't explain it, really. Yeah, they don't even address it, almost, other than... like It's something that happens. I... 
Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know... I don't know... That's something up for interpretation. Um, he knows... He's the only one on the ship that knows about the monolith and that that's right. why they're going out there. So there's a potential something there. And there's yeah. also, I like the idea that he's artificial and he's created by humans and humans are not perfect and they create things that are flawed. Like no matter how great a thing that we create, it's always going to have some flaw and, and fuck up at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kept expecting it to go like a RoboCop thing, the, the, <laughs> the final directive of like that just totally uh, yeah. fucked everything. And then it's just like, nah, he just went crazy. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I feel like, like, um, like, they tried to make him as human as possible. Like, even when he's dying, he's, like, he's sad about it. And he's right. fucking singing his song and stuff. Like, he, he clearly knows he's dying. Like, he's self-aware. And... Yeah, and, like, at the same time, because he's a computer, I'm kind of like, is he actually dying? Couldn't you just, like, pop those pieces back in and, boop, there he is, right back to normal? maybe <laughs> I don't know I never thought about that <laughs> like is he actually dying like I kind of thought of it as like like a trick like he knows to manipulate human emotions and so he's playing uh, on that trying to uh, get Dave's sympathy to stop that's true and so I, I just thought saw him because like and maybe if there was like more of an explanation it would have been more of a tragic character yeah but he just feels like just a straight up evil robot yeah <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I guess he it's, wouldn't be dead. And, I mean, I guess that's just um, whatever one of the characters in the interview was. Like, does he have real emotions? Well, I don't think anybody can really answer that. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And, yeah, you, you can't really answer that, with at least with what the film is presenting you. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that it matters that you have a concrete explanation of that. No, I think, I think that bugged me more because I've heard people talking about how... Yeah. In ways that made me think that there was some kind of concrete uh, explanation. Yeah, and see, watching the movie, I, I was like, well, there, there kind of isn't. I mean, right. and it's just from what I've heard people discuss. That's why I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> Be, and so that's, again, that's me knowing things going into the movie. Right. That, And I think a lot of that came from the book, which does have a more concrete explanation, I think. Fuck that book. From what I can tell. Fuck that book. (laughs) I don't give a fuck about that book. Yeah, I don't know. The the book is its own thing because Arthur C. Clarke disagreed with whatever Kubrick was trying to do. And there's actually something on the Wikipedia page where it's like, it's an argument of like, is the book actually explaining the movie or is it just its own thing that is deviant? I think it's 100% its own thing. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like if it was a true partnership between Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke and they... 100% 100% worked together and agreed and made the movie, I don't think there would be a book. I think yeah. there's only a book because of the fight okay. that happened or whatever, the, whatever okay. sort of yeah, disagreement. I didn't really know there was like an actual disagreement between them. Yeah, 
Kubrick is super controlling, and he mm-hmm. is a he's gonna make his movie, and he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> what anybody says, and like he he had final cut by that point, so he could deliver whatever the fuck he wanted, and he he was the film's producer also, so like he has final say over literally everything, right? Um, from every standpoint, so yeah, yeah, he made the story he wanted right and and in terms of crediting when movies that say written by and it's two people if they use the written out word and it means that they worked separately Mm, and if it uses the ampersand it means they work together as a team and so in this movie specifically it uses a and d written out like they're two separate things and I I feel like they actually did work together <laughs> at some point but I feel like the the disagreement led to it being A and D like no we did our own thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That does put a different perspective on. Yeah. And that's why I don't give a shit anymore. about the book Yeah. like yeah. I I maybe if I had some knowledge or history with Arthur Arthur C. Clarke I would be interested in that but I literally know nothing about him other than this movie <laughs> so yeah yeah I'm actually kind of curious about the book to, yeah I mean just to see what it who did. knows but yeah. I'm also perhaps more than of many people able to separate two versions yeah. and not like see it as tainting it or something like because no when, i understand that yeah because like when a sequel or something comes out and i was like oh it ruined the entire sequel i'm like yeah then just forget about it and live with the right the, like you still have that first version that is yeah taken by itself is still pristine you haven't soiled it by having a someone else come along and do something <laughs> right, else with right. it like no a lot of people talked about that with prometheus the the alien ridley scott movie yeah. Um, and that it ruined Alien, and, and I think Prometheus is fantastic. I love it 100%. I mean, it's not 2001, but right. I fucking love it. And the shit where it connects to Aliens, I think, is the worst part of yeah, those movies. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I kind of just disregard that it's connecting to those other movies that I like. Right, <laughs> Like, right. it's connecting, but I... I I am definitely separating it in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, and it's been a long time since I've seen Alien 3, but that's kind of what I do with Alien 3. But Alien 3 is fun, though. I don't (laughs) give a fuck what anybody says. Like, I just, like, because it's just, like, the basically the events of Alien 3 negate the almost the entirety of Aliens. Yeah, like, they kill everybody off and stuff. and, And so I'm just like, if I gotta pick, like, either aliens doesn't matter for anything or alien three doesn't i just write it off then i'm just gonna write off alien three because aliens is the better movie it's the one that i would want to yes, be it is more attached to right and so i kind of look at it I was like yeah i guess alien three ruined aliens but i mean i don't care i'm not i'm just gonna write it off and yeah take aliens as it is and be this is the yeah. story that i accept and prefer and i'm just gonna yeah live with i think i think the fact that i saw alien 3 
in the theater in like 92 or whenever it came out and i was like 11 or 12 mm. and it was the dopest shit i'd ever seen <laughs> at that time it was like wow this is awesome it's aliens i think that colors like i understand that it's not a good movie now right but i don't give a shit like i don't think it ruins anything and i don't understand people that think it does i mean i get it but i don't know who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and I, and I don't think i've seen alien 3 since the 90s man like, fucking I, watch it. i don't know how it's young cool. i was when i watched it, it was on yeah. like a, a hbo or showtime oh, or whatever one of those channels by the time i got to it but definitely in the 90s yeah around that time probably like a couple of years after it came out or something but yeah uh well there's some good shit in it it's cool fucking prison planet and i don't know yeah that's about it prison planet (laughs) (laughs) she shaves her head that's dope i really like the ending of that movie but uh a lot of people i guess don't like the ending of that movie but yeah i mean i yeah the ending i don't think is really bad or it's at least got some kind of poetic yeah full circle nature to it that i kind of like i like it yeah but yeah it's something that I'd really have to watch again to actually like get a proper opinion on what yeah. is good or bad about it and how it works or doesn't work or whatever. But that's another movie that that wouldn't be without 2001, the first Alien. Ridley Scott yeah, uh, was very yeah. influenced by 2001 in making that movie. Mm. I mean, they're two totally different things, right? But the the alley oop of the special effects and the the idea that space shit can be like uh taken seriously and not as b-movie kid shit which it basically was before 2001 yeah yeah i can yeah and there's also just the whole idea of uh the robot with the instructions from with the secret that it's yeah I mean, in, in Alien, it's more the, true. the android. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then going crazy and trying to kill the crew. and then There you go. So there's that going on in it. And I guess you have to wait till Prometheus to get to this point, but the whole uh, origin of humans being alien right. in nature. Right, there's definitely, there's a 2001 influence there as well, yet a, at a broad level. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you, like you got to go all the way yeah. another 20 years to Prometheus to get that going, but right. or 30 years or whatever it was. But there's but, definitely, I mean, because there's the creation of that, of that uh, yeah. android, and I believe his name is David in prometheus oh yeah yeah and uh yeah so there's definitely oh yeah speaking of parallels uh, and stuff inspiration or homage or whatever um the astronaut in here the main guy is david bowman okay yeah, I, yeah. I guess his last name is bowman as the last name of one of the main characters in macross plus oh okay and i mean i kind of always knew there was a little bit of a 2001 influence on that series and like watching 2001 maybe go oh holy shit they're really like he was really taking a lot of idea of (laughs) and like that bowman was just like oh wow like that's just straight up like you don't name a character that with it especially with some of the other uh visuals in it that definitely kind of like the are taken from 2001 yeah it's just like oh wow 
this was more of a <laughs> it's a huge movie man so it's yeah it changed people's minds yeah. like the monolith <laughs> <laughs> people had their fucking brains broken open with this one it's i love shit like this yeah so uh you're gonna look at your life as before 2001 and after 2001 <laughs> the monolith landed yes yes yeah, uh, I, I love how the monolith first appears, where they just they go to bed and they wake up and it's just fucking it's there. Just fucking it's there, just like, right. what, what? Yes, I love it. I love when they're going ape shit, like, uh, like everybody's like running around, and the one guy is like kind of daring to go towards it, but he's like, ah, he's too scared, and he keeps yeah, yeah. jumping away and shit. Ah, I fucking love yeah, that. Yeah, it's a good scene. It's so good so good and those actors in the in the suits man i mean obviously like we said you can see that they're dudes in suits but other i mean other than a few moments it's really yeah it really works well yeah i mean they do as they do as good a job as you could ever conceive of yeah. people in an ape suit doing really and they're yeah. hunkered down a lot so right. you can't really like, see it a lot of times yeah it's like but yeah, they do a damn good job with it. It's just, it's, I think the baby they're carrying might actually just be an actual yeah, chimpanzee. Yeah, like it I, was. I, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I think that's a, just an actual chimpanzee or something. Yeah, no, that was actual chimp. Yeah, <laughs> they've got a baby in a monkey suit. <laughs> I was like, no, they wouldn't have put a kid that. Like, no, it's got to be just an actual chimp. Yeah, no, they had actual chimps. He was only there for like that one shot or something. Right. But right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, they. Uh, Oh yeah, the freaking like leopard that they've got attacking the guy. Right, the, right. I was in like, the holy suit, yeah. shit! Like, damn. That dude's really fighting that leopard, yeah. Yeah, like that. It's a real fucking leopard. <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah. It's really like wow. Like, I'm like, you're teaching that leopard to eat people. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you're making a movie and all, but <laughs> right. Well, it's probably they have a, a screen. You know, acting, acting uh, leopards and acting lions and things like that. Right, They're trained right. to, to do stuff like that, and obviously it's wild. So at some point it, it might snap. But <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was uh, a place uh, up in the hills uh, above where we used to in the in the AV. Yeah. Yeah. Like it that. had all the uh, the lions and tigers and things oh, for yeah, the yeah. movies. I forget what that place was called, but oh, it's uh, for the mo they did it for movies up there. Yeah, they had uh, it, mm. they had all those. It was by the entrance to the dam, Little Rock Dam. Mm. Um, okay, so not the uh, the feline breeding. No, okay. no, that that was for zoos and breeding and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, that was a conservancy thing. Yeah, but there was a little place um, right by the entrance to the dam where uh, it, they were all animals for movies that were trained. Mm, okay. I did not know about that one at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, you couldn't you couldn't visit that one. You just drove by and like maybe you'd see a lion or maybe you'd see a tiger yeah. or something. So yeah, they they're they're out there, the acting animals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing that we didn't talk about that I think should be mentioned is that all of the um, all of the all of the effects obviously are models and stuff, but but uh, all of the in-camera effects of actors, 
Uh, specifically, like the waitress, the, the stewardess lady who's a uh, flight attendant, God forbid, I'm not politically correct, <laughs> yeah. who who, uh, who grabs the tray of food and then fucking walks up the, <laughs> the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, that's uh, just incredible. Yeah, it was tr- like that whole, like all that stuff I was trying to think like, oh, what the hell did they do for that? I'm like, oh, there's got to be like a rotating room like yes, they did. In- yes, yes. And then, like, they had the guys crawling through the tube and then down a ladder. I'm like, holy shit, how they right, do that? Right, right. <laughs> like, it's nuts. And it's all in camera. It's all it's yeah. all just done yeah, physically. It, yeah, there's no question that that is just right there. In but it's it's so it's so incredible because you just are watching it and you're like, how the fuck is this happening? And and the also the uh, the when they're going to Jupiter and, and uh, Frank, the other guy, not Dave, but mm. Frank is running like he's doing his jogging around the wheel oh yeah yeah, like they built a a full scale (laughs) one-to-one rotating like a ferris wheel thing and the inside of that was the ship and he just fucking ran and they had a camera on a on like a dolly just (laughs) fucking going around it it's incredible yeah they just built this shit to full scale and that's where like christopher nolan gets all the ideas to like, oh, let's build a rotating room because he's super into 2001 and, and Kubrick in general. So yeah. it's uh, another thing, another, you know, his Kubrick, is, his influence continues. Yeah, it's a, it's a damn impressive looking movie. Just yeah, it really is. All the effects, just the models, the everything. It's just really well done. Yeah, well, I'm... I'm can't say that you liked it but i i feel it's i i respect it yeah i will say that i feel yeah you weren't bored you didn't come in like oh jesus christ (laughs) this piece of shit so i i i call it a a win um and uh not in on my case but on the movie's case you know the movie was was powerful enough to to affect you yeah so that's good yeah. I have high hopes for uh, for other movies like this that you're a little bit nervous about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that anything is as good as 2001, though. In, in my opinion, I mean, this is like one of my top movies, so. Yeah, yeah. But definitely something like Close Encounters, that's a good one. <laughs> in totally different, different, totally different realm, direction, yeah. but uh, similar in big, big sci-fi movies, so. Right. Well, it's been a while, so we better wrap this fucking thing up. Yeah. Got anything else about two thousand one? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think we're we're good. It's it's uh, the rest is a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> you down to watch more Kubrick movies? Oh yeah. All right. I think uh, even if I didn't like this one, I think I would. Yeah. Just on Full Metal Jacket alone, because <laughs> I love on, that yeah. movie. And All so. right. Well, yeah, The Shining is a good one too. <laughs> That's a uh, that one might be a stretch for you. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. Uh-huh. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, I I bid you adieu into the the infinite. <laughs> <laughs> Become Star Childs, uh, yeah. your own. I don't. I'm just saying random words now because <laughs> my brain is kind of broken. So, uh, adios. See ya.